Welcome to SALT's podcast, Creating Futures. This is the third episode hosted by myself, Wallace Williams. I'm excited to be speaking with Marie Etienne, who is the president of the National Society of Black Engineers. So we're going to be talking about her journey, the ups and downs and everything in between. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to Marie Etienne. Thank you for having this conversation with me. If you would uh, like to do us the honor of introducing yourself, please. Hi, everyone. My name is Marie Etienne. I am a current senior at the University at Buffalo, majoring in biomedical engineering, and I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. Amazing. And you are also the president of the National Society of Black Engineers as well. Yes, Amazing. So the first question that we ask everyone in this podcast series is, what was your dream career as a child? (laughs) As a kid, um, I wanted to be a journalist because I talk a lot. And so my parents always said, like, you talk so much, you'd be a great journalist. And I really like asking questions and kind of like getting in people's business. So I thought journalist (laughs) would be like the best career choice for me. Love that. And, you know, obviously going to the present now, what made you decide to go into biomedical engineering? I think a big piece of it for me was that I love medicine and the medical Mm -hmm. field. And I also love building. Like as a kid, I would always take apart my pens and like put it back together. And med engineering is kind of like the crossover between the medical field and the engineering field. Um, And yeah, that's kind of what was my big push for going into biomed. With your studies, what perceptions did you have when going to study your degree um, and obviously doing your course? And what is that kind of versus the reality? Obviously, engineering is hard, but I was like really smart in high school. Like I thought I was like Einstein. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, everyone was like, oh, engineering is so hard. And I was like, yeah, hard. But, you know, I'm me. So I definitely... um, thought that I was going going you know going to go to college and kind of get like a 4.0 kill it and yeah. that's not what happened at yeah. all I got to college and I struggled a lot like academically mm-hmm. and just kind of adjusting to the new environment that I was in yeah college is way harder than what I expected <laughs> yeah even as a freshman so I I was not looking forward to that at all I didn't know that that's what college would be like, especially engineering. So for those that don't know, the National Society of Black Engineers is short for NSBE. So we're going to call it NSBE from now on. So can you tell us um, about NSBE's mission and how you became president? Yes. So NSBE is all about kind of like promoting and pushing forward black engineers, um, both on the undergraduate collegiate level mm-hmm. and in the professional level. So through Nesby, you know, you can find internship, jobs, mentorship, which is the piece that I love most about Nesby. You know, so many Black engineers that came before us. So just looking to them for guidance. We have conventions and just different events to really promote and push Black um, students to not only major in engineering, but to graduate yeah. from our programs. I became president because I joined Nesby as a freshman. Yeah. And I just kind of instantly fell in love with the club. I loved everything that it stood for. I 100% can say that I would not be graduating in May if it wasn't for Nesby yeah. and the guidance that it provided me. And I just kind of kept joining eBoard. And then eventually the president before me was like, 
you know, I can tell that you're hungry for this and you love the program yeah. and I think you're cheering for president. And I was like, ah, president, <laughs> okay, I guess I will. And it was honestly one of the best decisions I've made in my undergraduate career by far. Amazing. And as president, what would you say has been your proudest moment? Definitely getting through quarantine and through COVID yeah. with, you know, my chapter. It was an adjustment for everyone. I feel mm. like engineers definitely got hit hard because of how hands-on our program is supposed to be. Yeah. And we lost like almost two years due to COVID. It was definitely hard trying to adjust to being online, but I feel mm -hmm. like with the support of my e-board and other yeah. members, um, Nesby still, you know, was a running and active club. We yeah. also started continuing to do our mental health talks, which is something that was implemented when I was a sophomore and I was academic excellence yeah. chair. It's basically just us talking about how we're feeling, the ways in which we can prioritize our mental health better, while also yeah. doing well academically. I loved it because I got to hear from a lot of people that otherwise I probably would not have known how much they were struggling during the pandemic. Yeah, definitely. Um, and kind of just breaking that stigma that like as Black engineers, we kind of just have to be strong and, you know, suck it up and like grades come first. Obviously they do, yeah. but making sure that mentally we were all okay. I feel like a really trying time for literally the entire world. Definitely. In one of our recent interviews, we explored the topic of racism in university campuses and in higher education in the UK, but it seems to be a problem which affects more of the world. So research actually shows that there is a need for campuses to do more to combat racism in class and across sectors such as STEM. So what do you think needs to be done to improve this? A lot. <laughs> I could probably spend the whole interview talking about this question. <laughs> yeah. But I think the first step is kind of just like going into these like inner city communities and talking mm -hmm. about engineering and STEM as a whole. I really did not learn about what like the capacity that of like which engineers work in and, you know, kind of what engineering was until I hit high school. And yeah. I did go to a predominantly white high school. But up until then, when I was going to public school in Brooklyn, I had never really heard about engineering or yeah. what engineers do, the different disciplines within engineering. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the problems with why a lot of African-Americans don't go into STEM is because they honestly don't know the different you know sides to STEM and different things you yeah. can do with a STEM degree. In addition to this, I think once students do get on campuses, there's nothing really done to provide support. And there's no acknowledgement that as a Black person, it is harder to get through these programs than it is mm -hmm. for our white counterparts and our white classmates. And that's not to say that engineering isn't hard for everyone. It is. Yeah. But yeah. it's kind of like having that stigma of also being Black on you while pursuing a degree in which you are 100% the minority and yeah. definitely underrepresented. So I think implementing programs like those and giving black students the support that they need from mm -hmm. the very beginning would definitely help improve this. I know that at least my campus, we do have like mentorship, but it's yeah. focused more on just you as an engineer. And I think it's very important to, you know, point out the fact that some of us are different and yeah. we will kind of, you know, be affected by those differences. So nipping that in the butt definitely early on would yeah. 
help improve this problem among a whole lot of other things. A lot of other things. <laughs> yeah, oh, sure. A lot of other things. That, sure. that would be a good start. So have you faced any challenges or opportunities as a woman of color who is studying engineering and what impact did this have on where you're at right now? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Not just being black, but also being a woman. I think yeah. being a black woman in engineering is like really really challenging. In general, most of my classes, if I'm not the only girl, I'm definitely one of the only Black students in my classes. And a lot of times it's kind of like undermines my voice in a way. Multiple times where I've been in groups and I want to share my opinion or share my point, and it's not taken with the same weight as if one of my white male classmates was to repeat the same idea. It's definitely something that I've I've tried to brush off my shoulders and just tell myself that it's not a big deal, but Mm -hmm. it makes it harder even just to learn because I feel like I, it's kind of holding me back from speaking up and sharing my opinions and kind of collaborating with my team and engineering collaboration is probably the most important part. So definitely that, that would be one of my challenges. Also just facing like imposter syndrome, the idea that you don't belong somewhere because you don't, you don't look like anyone else. I don't think people talk enough about imposter syndrome is just not, it's not just feeling like inadequate. It affects your studies. It affects the way that, you know, you socialize with your classmates. It affects a lot. And I feel like it definitely kind of put me at a disadvantage, especially when I began college because I I physically felt out of place. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of opportunities, I would say that Nesby, like I keep saying this whole interview, Nesby like saved me within, you know, throughout my college experience, Mm -hmm. just like with internships and doing research with professors. Mm -hmm. Um, And Nesby is a club for black engineers. So they definitely try to get black people as many opportunities as they can. Since we are already at a disadvantage. And this would be a challenge and an opportunity, but I've definitely been giving positions as a diversity hire or, you know, to kind of like diversify the group. And this, this isn't something I'm like assuming it's been told to my face that I was here wow. to diversity. Yeah. And wow. how, so how did that, what was your first thoughts when you were literally being told, yeah, like, you're basically a box ticker? I, I didn't really feel intelligent. I kind of felt like, you know, other people here might be more qualified than me because, you know, Mm -hmm. they they didn't get hired based on the fact that they're black or like they're a woman. They got hired because they're probably really good at this stuff. And once again, this is when imposter syndrome comes in and I'm just like, wow, like I'm only here because of what I look like in my race Mm -hmm. and my gender has nothing to do with like how hard I work, which is obviously like not true, but it's kind of hard to convince yourself of that when people that you're literally working for looking you in the face and saying like, yeah, you're a diversity hire. But at the same time, you kind of just have to flip that. And you know what, I'm a diversity hire, but I'm going to show you why I should have been hired anyways and just work twice as hard, which honestly, as Black people in general, we're used to that. Like having to work twice as hard as everyone else and kind of using the stigma that we have against us as a way to get us ahead. Like, I know you have no faith in me, but I'm going to show you that you should not have counted me out. Yeah, definitely. I I totally agree. I mean, I've had the exact same feelings um, that you've had, kind of, especially in my current job, coming into something that I have never done before in my life. 
and having that imposter syndrome, you know, especially being a tech recruiter, I'm like, I didn't know what Python, Java, JavaScript was. And when I started to pick it up, I was definitely scared of even just getting on the phone and talking, talking mm-hmm. to people about it. Because again, I'd, I'd, in my head, I'd be thinking, they're thinking, who's this black guy like talking about tech? Like he obviously what does he know? He's talking about. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. But uh, moving on, I've done some more research. So research on representation in the workplace in Silicon Valley shows that the majority of people working in technology sectors in the US are white men. So what do you think needs to change? Once again, it kind of just goes back to representation. So getting more black and brown faces into these workplaces and, you know, the more black engineers we can get into these companies, the more black engineers will have in positions of power. The more black engineers we have in positions of power, the more we can kind of pull up more black engineers. And through Mm -hmm. that, we'll be able to kind of change that, that whole thinking that this whole tech industry is supposed to be run by white men it's also just really crippling i think because it it doesn't offer a difference of opinions and different faces it's another i feel like another big piece is just when these like black engineers kind of get into colleges and get into these programs making Mm -hmm. sure that they stay in these programs even just myself like i i have a whole group chat with every single black person that is graduating in BME at my school wow. in this like this May. And it's literally seven of us. And wow. when we started this program freshman year, we mm-hmm. couldn't even make a chat with all the black people. It was so many of us. And I feel like we kind of just get lost throughout the process. We fall through the cracks and no one kind yeah. of tries to help. And if that continues to be a problem, we're as a society or as, you know, a tech industry, we're never yeah. going to really truly be diverse because I, I also noticed this when I, you know, I've started beginning my search for a full-time position Yeah. as a black engineer, you know, yeah, you, you can be hired as for an entry-level position, but yeah. the faces that you see that you're being interviewed by, the people that are VPs and presidents of these companies, the managers, the, none of them- They look nothing like, like you. They don't yeah. look like me. Yeah. And, yeah, of course they have. They might have some black engineers, but they're all at the lowest level. You don't see black engineers being promoted to these higher positions, and I think that's why it's going to show that white men are kind of like running this industry because we're, we're our faces are simply not there. Yeah, um, so I think support once again goes a really long way when students are in college. Promoting engineering as of feasible and possible options for black and brown kids coming from inner cities like Brooklyn, Queens, Bronx, New York City as a whole, kind of just showing kids that like you can be an engineer and be from a place like Brooklyn and be black and a woman. And not only can you be an engineer, you can graduate as an engineer. And once you graduate, you can see yourself running a company 10 years down the line. It's all very possible. So once, once these things happen, I do think that like things may change. I just don't see it happening anytime soon simply because that's kind of just the industry that we're in. And I think it's yeah. something that has been so accepted that no one is willing to make a change. Yeah. You just kind of take it for like what it is. Do you think that even if it might be slowly, do you think slowly but surely it's moving in the right direction? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. BME is one of the newer engineering fields in terms of like all the other ones. 
and it yeah. is also the most diverse at least at my school even just in gender like i'm pretty sure when i came to ub bme was actually predominantly women by a few percent okay. yeah by a few percent but it women were dominating within bme and that's obviously not like oh my god like that means we're all saved but it's a step in the right direction for sure because i'm sure 15 years ago people would never thought that they'd see the day where one of the engineering fields was predominantly women i definitely think that companies have been trying to make a better effort but i don't think that we should be hiring candidates simply because they're black and we need to fill a quota yeah. simply because we need diversity it's, it's it's really not a good feeling to know that that's why you were hired i think we should be hiring people that are best for the position Definitely. but instead of looking at just certain you know demographics for those best yeah i know a lot of amazing black engineers like really intelligent that simply don't have the opportunity to even get in on these companies because, because they, they're not looked for they, right they they don't yeah. know when these companies <laughs> yeah. they don't have connections in these companies so if companies could for example the nesby convention you're going mm. to find thousands not even hundreds thousands of amazing qualified black engineers who are hungry and willing to work so if you look for them they're there but you shouldn't go into spaces and say wow okay that one black kid right there i'm going to hire her because she's yeah. black so i do nesby in programs like this you can definitely find black engineers that will obviously diversify your program but are mm -hmm. also very qualified to do what you want them to do love that and i totally agree it's been a learning curve for me as well recruiting you know more diverse candidates because as someone like myself in predominantly kind of you know sales and tech recruitment you just want to get the job done right however you know with diversity inclusion being at the forefront of a lot of our clients kind of recruitment campaigns it's really made me get really really creative and you know it's been so satisfying knowing that you know what if you're spending an extra hour a couple of hours actually really deep diving into networks that i wouldn't have otherwise and finding all of these varied candidates whether it's black or brown men women like all sorts of backgrounds all sorts of walks of life you just need to put the work in get creative mm -hmm. whereas a lot of companies just can't be bothered that's really what the yeah. problem is it's not that they're not they're not out there no one's looking for them yeah exactly but anyway moving on why do you think that more people of color or women aren't going into tech and how can the industry increase representation and attract more diversity i actually probably be the same answer for both people of color and women i think that it's once you're in the tech field sometimes it's a bit discouraging i think that there are a lot of women and people of color that may begin to think about going into the tech field or starting yeah. out for example as freshmen or sophomores majoring in something like comp sci and once they realize that like this industry is just not geared towards them or built towards them everyone mm -hmm. isn't built the same some people really can't take that you know and it it's 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 really the whole like having to work twice as hard to get even just half as far it's it's frustrating yeah. um, feeling like you're constantly being like tested and tried and even when you feel like you've proven yourself like i'm a senior at this point i feel like i've i'm almost done i've showed that i can compete with my classmates i can yeah. be just as intelligent i've made it you know to my last year and even now i feel like i still 
don't get the same benefit of the doubt that my other classmates get. I feel like my qualifications and what I bring to the table have to be twice as good as, you know, like other white applicants. And I feel like that that's something that holds a lot of people back from going into the tech industry. And once again, for a lot of people of color, they kind of just don't get exposed to that. My high school, another PWI that I've gone to, I got in, I've really started liking engineering once I joined the robotics team. And I realized that, wow, I love building. I love, you know, playing around with things. And yeah. this is definitely for me. But up until then, I had never really had any real hands-on experience with engineering or with STEM mm -hmm. at all, other than the classroom. So if you don't really know what engineering looks like, or you've never played with like robotics or, you know, done any coding or no one has ever talked to you about it it's kind of hard to want to go into a field like it in terms of yeah. like increasing the representation it, it it literally starts with increasing the representation so <laughs> the more black engineers we get into these companies you'll realize that there's going to be a shift when you look up and you see someone that looks like you in a place where you want to be it's definitely motivation it makes you want to grind harder because it, it feels possible. But when you look up and you look at a company that you're dying to work for, but you look at their like top executives and none of them look like you, you look at their yeah. employees and there's maybe one person that looks like you, it's, it doesn't feel as attainable, you know? I'm, I'm sure more diversity would be attracted if companies became more diverse. Like it, it yeah. sounds silly, but it's really the truth. Like we there are black engineers already out there. It's not like we're starting from scratch. There is yeah. thousands of black engineers out there. Literally and thousands. Thousands. If we hire them, if we get them up in these higher level positions, I'm sure that we would not have such a issue in terms of our industry being like lacking representation. Yeah. But honestly, even when I talk about this with like my other black classmates, we ask ourselves like, is it even like feasible or realistic for us to think that this industry is ever really going to be like a hundred percent diverse because yeah of how the industry was built and who stays in these positions of power you kind of just ask yourself like is it really ever going to be diverse are we ever yeah. really going to to move up in terms of status it's a hard one because as much as you know we can feel frustrated you also got to kind of think we work too hard not to be optimistic right exactly and you, you kind of think well if i'm optimistic then my neighbor can be optimistic and then and hopefully you know you, you start that chain reaction where even if it's not immediate who knows in the next five years or ten years we, mm -hmm. we can be we can look back at the younger generation and be like i'm so happy that we stayed optimistic because right these are the fruits of of that investment, you know, of positive energy, kind of positive kind of actions, you know, to help the, let's say the future us. And kind of on that subject, what advice would you give to women who want to get into STEM or engineering? Push yourself. It's, it's not easy and I won't lie and say that it is. It, it comes with a lot of mansplaining and working with people that generally don't think that you deserve to be in that position yeah. or, you know, things like that. But I think that if you push yourself and the second thing, most important thing I'd say is having like a sense of community. So that little group chat that I'm talking about, those girls have literally 
gotten me from freshman year till now. We study together. We do our homeworks together. We tell each other about like internship opportunities. If we know that like someone's interested in like prosthetics, like, hey, I saw this online. Like you should check it out and go apply. Just like really holding each other up because every day is not going to be easy. Yeah. Every semester is not going to be easy. (laughs) These semesters where you generally don't even, you can't even see the finish finish line. You're like, I, I'm so tired. It's so tiring. It's so hard. Like you kind of forget what you're working towards, but yeah, you, the way I look at it is like, I, I feel like I can be an inspiration to black and brown little boys and girls from like, you know, places like Brooklyn wanting to get into engineering and being able to see someone coming out of an environment like theirs, do what I'm doing now that like, that feels amazing to know that I'm doing that. So just pushing yourself and remembering what the end goal is. Like you, you went into STEM, you went into engineering because that's what you want to do. Don't let anyone defer you or deter you from what it is that you want to do. Because I feel like Things like that are kind of like fate. Like, I don't really see my, I know I said I wanted to be a journalist as a kid. But <laughs> yeah. I, I generally don't see myself doing anything other than engineering. Um, like I, know I was built for this field. And when you have that like hunger in you, there's really nothing that can like stop you. Things can deter you a little bit, but yeah. nothing's going to fully stop your plans. So with the finish line in sight, what are your ambitions <laughs> for the future? <laughs> Um, I don't want to jinx it, by the way, so, and I'm touching with all the luck. <laughs> short term is making it to the end of the semester. <laughs> yeah. It's been a tough one, but I am graduating in May, so I, I've been weighing options between grad school and working a full-time job, leaning towards more going into the industry immediately mm-hmm. after graduation. I definitely want to go into, like, manufacturing, medical devices. I love manufacturing. That's something that I've learned that I really, really like within the past yeah. year. In terms of like longer goals, I definitely want to kind of reach back and work on the fight to revolutionize prosthetics. So making sure that people across all races, all economic statuses, genders have access to like good quality prosthetics. Oftentimes when we look in that field and we see um, people with like these really cool, like robotic looking prosthetics, those cost so much money um it's honestly just not economical for someone who can barely pay their rent for example so just like pushing myself to help that fight to help those black and brown faces that are often forgotten when we look at tech and when we look at the tech industry as a whole making sure that they're not forgotten anymore that a little black boy in New York can have access to the same prosthetic as a little white boy in another part of the country. Weird goal, but I want to give a TED talk. Don't know why. (laughs) After I do all this amazing work, I definitely want to give a TED talk and just spread that message to the world. For people that are not in engineering and in STEM, a lot of these things they generally don't know. I don't think people realize the huge gap within just like the medical field between black and white people. Mm-hmm. And it's actually quite alarming and we don't really talk about that enough. But yeah. Definitely want to kind of spread that message. And obviously Amazing. I'm an engineer, so I want to save the world one <laughs> prosthetic at a time. I would love to go back and volunteer in third world countries, yeah. get these medical devices kind of up and running there. Um, yeah, I have a lot of ambitions for the future. I, 
I want to be like a rock you star. You are very ambitious. I want to be a rock <laughs> star it. engineer. <laughs> Amazing. So as you are gearing up, thinking about professional work, mm. um, what would you like to be remembered for being president of Nesby, as well as obviously your studies and finishing your course? In terms of Nesby, I want to be remembered for being that president that just loved Nesby, like had a raw love for Nesby. Um, yeah. And just helping everyone get to where they want to be. That's always my goal. And, and just in terms of life, I just want to be remembered as somebody who always did the right thing, even when it wasn't the most comfortable thing to do. So always standing up for what I believe in, even mm -hmm. if it might piss off a few people, staying yeah. true to like who I am as a person and never definitely. backing down. I definitely, definitely, like once I graduate, I've already looked into it. I really want to work with the Nesby professional chapters and just Amazing. really keep pushing towards getting black and brown faces into these companies, into mm -hmm. the industry, um, into higher level positions. I also want to be remembered for just being like generally a good person and having a good heart, spreading love everywhere I go and definitely helping move medical devices in the prosthetics field along and, you know, 10, 15 years. I'm pretty young guys <laughs> yeah <laughs> so coming on to the very last question what's one piece of advice you'd give your younger self if you could right now faith in yourself stop doubting yourself yes um it's it's really hard sometimes especially when you're in high school you're a freshman in college and it it really feels like graduation is years away i mean it is yeah. but it feels so much longer than what it actually is um, and you know, when you're dealing with constantly being second guessed and always feeling like you have to prove yourself a little more, you start to doubt yourself and you start to ask yourself if maybe you're forcing this or maybe this isn't for you. And I did that a lot. And I think I, I missed out on a lot of good opportunities, not taking a risk on myself and not giving myself the credit that I deserve. So definitely to stop, stop doubting myself. And also that. Freshman year was nothing compared to what's coming up. <laughs> absolutely nothing. Yeah. Okay. So thank you so much um, for your time. It's been a massive pleasure speaking with you. Before you leave, is there anything you'd like to share with everyone listening right now? The floor is yours. For my young black engineers, if you didn't get the message from before, Nesby, like I, Nesby, 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 go to meetings at your, your school, get to know your e-board, go to nationals, go to your regional conferences, really get involved in Nesby because that's definitely how you will kind of just grow, not only as an engineer, but as a black engineer. Talk to your professors, be really active in your education. Don't be passive. It's really easy to sometimes, especially when you go to a big school to just yeah. sit back and just, you know, cruise along for the ride yeah. but that's not how you learn that's not how you push yourself that's not how exactly. you grow. um be comfortable with being uncomfortable classes yes. only get harder and it's okay that you don't know everything still apply for positions even if the position you may not be a hundred percent you know qualified or you're a little nervous that you might not get it apply sometimes yeah, you're looking for someone who's just hungry to learn and that's how i got a lot of my positions just taking a risk on myself yeah and for companies, I am looking for a job. 
So yes. find me on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm open to just, not even just companies, but if you're, you know, a professional engineer as well that would just like to give me some advice as I enter the workforce, my messages are open. I think that's how LinkedIn works. Yeah. <laughs> They're always open. You know, you can connect with me. And I love meeting new people. So thank you so much for listening. That means you care about changing this industry. And that means definitely deal. Amazing. Thank you again. And that's a wrap. Boom. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>